says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. I'm glad that when I was about to slip off into the pits of hell, love lifted me. Hallelujah. Free on there's no other love. Amen. Other than the love of Christ saved you from hell this morning. You got your Bibles this morning. If you found Numbers 15, say amen. 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 Let's all please stand out of reverence, out of respect to God's word. And I want to say this, it's amazing how God puts things together. Amen. Amen. Where's it at, brother? I don't see it. There it is. Amen. Brother David's are keeping me straight. My wife knows I need all the help I can get. Now you know it too. Amen. Amen. I remember last time I cut that thing on, we about uh, blew the speakers out. <laughs> Amen. Numbers chapter 15, verse 15 through 16. It's just amazing how God puts everything together. We're talking a lot about rebellion this morning, rebellious people. And uh, that's where we're at this morning. But Numbers chapter 15, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says this. One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation. And also for the stranger that sojourneth with you, an ordinance forever in your generations. As ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. The Bible says, One law in one manner shall be for you, and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. Now, God is here this morning, the Word of God. He is setting up an ordinance here for the children of Israel. And uh, we'll look more about this in just a second. But as they're coming in here to the Canaan land, there's some things that uh, are to be done God's way. In the day and in the hour in which you are living in, there's some things that are to be done God's way. But I'm going to preach this morning on this thought. I'll give you the message and we'll, then we'll pray. I'm going to preach on this thought. Have you submitted or have you rebelled? Have you submitted or have you rebelled? Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. God, we pray, Father, that you would just have your touch. God, have your will, have your way be done this morning. God, if there's one not lying with you this morning, we pray that you get them in line. Father, if there's one lost this morning, we pray that you'd save their soul. Oh, God, before it's everlasting and eternally too late. God, we pray, Father, that you would send your Holy Spirit convicting power. And God, we pray, Father, that you would just save that one that's closest to hell this morning morning. Father, we pray that you'd have your will, have your way. Lord, we love you. We thank you. God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Have you submitted or have you rebelled? Boy, that's the question of the hour in our day. But before we get started this morning, I want to give you a few facts this morning about this book of Numbers. 
And then I want to take a quick look at what's going on in our context here this morning uh, in the Word of God. So it's as you and I come to this book of Numbers this morning uh, that most of us know that this very book was written to the children of Israel uh, by the hand of a great man of God named Moses. Now most of us know this man named Moses. He went up and God gave him the Ten Commandments. Amen. And most of us know that he led the children of Israel there around the wilderness for 40 years. But it's in this book that you you and I can see this morning there's a great deal of things that are going on and things that are happening. And though this book this morning was not written to us, you and I can still yet take from the book of Numbers and we can see a lot of things that were written for us. Now friend, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned in the Old Testament. I've heard people say, you need to throw the Old Testament out. Well, no, you don't. Amen. Because without the Old, we wouldn't have the New. And there's a lot of lessons in the Old Testament that you and I can take and apply to our hearts and to our lives that will help us if we'll let it. But friend, as you and I uh, come to this book of Numbers this morning, most of us know it was written in Israel. But like I said this morning, the whole entire Bible this morning can be taken and used for the edification of God's saints and God's people. Uh, The whole Word of God can be taken and used for the salvation of souls this morning. You can see Jesus Christ all through the old and all through the new. But it's just amazing this morning how that you and I can get into the Word of God this morning and it don't take us long to find some things that will help us as we travel through this life. Friend, you won't help this morning. You can go to all the psychiatrists in the world you want to. You can see all the nutcases that you want to. I'm telling you, you want some help. Get in the Word of God. Read your Bible. And let God help you. Amen. Friend, another thing that will happen is you and I get in the Old Testament. It's time and time again we see something called history. Now, history has a way of repeating itself. You understand that what's happening today... It's happened on down the line somewhere. But friend here, I think it's getting worse than maybe it was then. I don't know. But the thing that I see is that God has not changed throughout history. So what has changed throughout history is man has changed. There used to be great revivals throughout history. Well, what's changed? Man has changed. God does not change. He's still the same today, yesterday, and forever. Friend, what I'm getting at this morning is that you and I today, though, you and I, knowing that history repeats itself, knowing that things happen over and over and over, well, you and me this morning are making some of the same mistakes that the children of Israel done. America is making some of the same mistakes that the children of Israel done in the Word of God. It goes on and on and on. It's a never-ending process. But if you and I will look at the mistakes they made, then maybe, just maybe this morning, you and I possibly will not make these same mistakes. Hey, you know who's going to pay for the mistakes if the Lord don't come back? Our children and our grandchildren are going to pay for the mistakes that we've made in America, that we've made in the church, that we've made in our day and in our time. I made more mistakes than anybody else does. My wife's not in here right now. 
I'm glad because she'd say amen. I make a lot of mistakes. But at any rate this morning, God chose to put all this in the Word of God so that examples of these mistakes would be left behind for you and I this morning so that hopefully we don't do the same things that they do. God has left these examples behind. Then He left behind another thing here uh, like this. So when the children of Israel this morning, when they would obey God, and when they would obey God's will, and when they would submit to God, we see this morning all through the Word of God that God would bless them. Did He not? If they were in obedience and subjection to His will and His way, they got blessed. Now, when they started uh, rebelling, when they started not submitting to God, God would teach them a lesson. I'm going to be honest with you, I think for four years, God said, all right, give me a chance. But what do we do? This is tough preaching. I don't like preaching like this. I've got to. We rebel. America rebelled. Still yet killed babies. Still yet tried to run the president who were to pray for not to run off. They tried to run him off. Hey, America rebelled. But friend, the Word of God this morning, time after time after time, we see the children of Israel as they rebelled against the God's man. And we see this morning they rebelled against God's Word. And it cost them dearly in the Word of God. And it would cost them in the end more than they ever wanted to pay. Hey friend, we're living in a day and in a society where people want to rebel against the church. People want to rebel against God. People want to rebel against the preachers, amen, that are preaching God's Word. They don't like it, Amen. But friend, just in knowing this morning, it would have been better if they had submitted themselves to the God. You and I this morning, the best thing that we can do is submit ourselves unto God. Nobody likes to submit anymore. I, I, we listened to a lady the other night. This is no lie. She said, I've got an 18 month at home. She said, she rolls the house. That's the problem. Amen. We need some folks that are willing to submit. And you can't do that by submitting to an 18-month home. Amen. It don't work that way. Friend, listen, friend, just in knowing that it would have been better for them to submit. I believe it'd be better for us to submit as well to God's Word. Hey, we see all that unfold here in the book of Numbers this morning. But now let's look at what's going on. Right here in our scripture this morning, Lord willing, I'm going to cover about three chapters this morning. So throw your watches down. Amen. But I'm just kidding. But listen, just as quick as I can, I'm going to give you what's going on here in these chapters. Here in our context, we see several events that are unfolding and being described here in the Word of God. These events that are being described here probably come very shortly this morning after Israel's failure in the land of Kadesh Barnea. Now y'all remember I preached not long ago on how they were in Kadesh Barnea. They were walking by sight and not by faith. They were in Kadesh Barnea and they failed. Because instead of believing what God said, instead of submitting what God said, they said we got to do things our own way. And now they're walking in the wilderness for 40 years. See, they could have saved themselves some trouble if they'd have just listened to the Lord. But friend, the Lord had given them chance after chance after chance. And the Lord, what happened is He rejected the older generation. And it's no wonder He was about to make a beginning with a new generation that hopefully might listen a little better. But as you and I turn our Bibles to the book of Numbers, we see this morning there's not much encouragement for that older generation. God had tried and tried and tried and tried with them. Gave them chance after chance. But now, He says... That land over there you could have had, 
You're not going to have it now because you wouldn't listen to me. Friend, but even though this older generation, they couldn't come to the land of Canaan. Moses even disobeyed at one time. He did not step foot to the promised land. He got to see it, but he couldn't step foot in it. Why? He smoked the rock twice. Instead of once. There's a picture of the Son, Jesus Christ, and he smote her twice. God smote him once, died once for our sin. But friend, he, he done wrong here because he didn't submit. But friend, listen to me. Even though that older generation couldn't come in, this is how God works. God still yet kept his promise. Amen. To the children of Israel. They were going to enter the land of Canaan. We see all this unfold here in chapter 15. The Bible says verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye be come into the land of your habitations, which I give unto you. So we see that God is going to give the children of Israel the promised land. God promised them the land. And he wanted the older generation uh, to take that land, but they didn't do God's will. But God's will was still going to be done. I hope that makes sense. God promised them the land. So He's given them the land, but to the younger generation. Now, friend, it's all because of the disobedience this morning of that older generation. That the new, younger generation faced 38 unnecessary years of wandering in that wilderness. Listen to me. I wonder how much the younger generation is going to suffer because we would not submit. I'm talking about Americans. How much is the younger generation going to suffer because we didn't submit to God's will and to God's way? 38 years. They're wandering around the wilderness now. It was unnecessary. They didn't have to, but because of their rebellion, their stubbornness, friend, they were wandering in the wilderness, but one day God's promise was coming true. He was going to lead them in the land of Canaan. But friend, here in our text this morning, we see these younger generations suffering all because of the sin of the generation before them. And friend, I'm going to have to speak that hard truth. I wonder if our younger generation ain't suffering because, friend, of your and I's sin this morning. Hey, listen to me. This ain't popular, but I'm going to say generation the word of God they repeatedly refused to submit to God's will they wouldn't submit to God's word and they would not submit to God's leaders they would not do it friend it's like I've said before history repeats itself and we're living in a day and a time where uh, believers are not submissive everybody wants to rule everything hey we're not submissive we want to rule our own lives want to do things our own way don't want to seek God's way for nothing and our way's right, even if it's not the right way. Hey, we've got to be careful, amen, anymore. Hey, it breaks my heart to see what's going on in our day and in our time. But history repeats itself, and here we are. Not only do believers do it, the lost sinners do it too. Well, I'm okay. That's not the right way. I'm nice. I'm all right. The Bible said none is good. No, not one. I'm telling you, friend, you can be the nicest person, have the biggest smile. Hey, I'm telling you, none is good. No, not one. Hey, there's only one way to heaven this morning. It's not by being good. Amen. It's by realizing that you're lost and on your way to hell. God's convicting your heart. You've done nothing to wear every tent, a bedroom, 
Say, preacher, I ain't never done that. And get in. Stop rebelling. Amen. So with that thought on my mind, I want to try and preach this thought. Have you submitted or have you rebelled? I cannot answer that question for you this morning. Only you can answer that. Let me say this. Don't answer this question for you, man. I know how smart this the Boy, God, I'm good this morning. Hey, answer it for yourself. Have you submitted or have you rebelled? That's a question only you can answer this morning. Amen. The children of Israel rebelled on God. I'm going to give you three things, three mistakes that they made. Number one, the first thing they've done wrong is number one, they rebelled against the authority of God's Word. And that's going on a lot in our day. Why do you think they want the Ten Commandments down? It goes deeper than them just wanting it off the law. They don't want God over them. They don't want to listen to God's law. Don't want to listen to God's command. Number two, they rebelled against the authority of God's servants. I'm not going to hit much on that, but that's what they're doing. People stand up and preach the Bible, and uh, they the White House rebel. Folks in the streets rebel. Uh, I had a, a fellow friend of mine, good friend of mine. He had preached on the street of Boston, Massachusetts. Everything was fine when he started preaching. Then them people went crazy. They went nuts. You know why? Rebellion. Rebellion. Number three. They rebelled. Here's the sad point. They rebelled. And it brought forth unneeded confrontation in their lives. My desire this morning is for you not to face unneeded confrontation. Sometimes we bring confrontations on ourselves that never had to be needed. They were never needed. Let's get started. Let's look at the first thing they done wrong. Look, number one, if they rebelled against the authority of God's Word. I'm going to try to hurry. i got a long way to go. As I've said earlier this morning, you and I know that the children of Israel here, they rebelled uh, instead of being submitted to the authority of God's Word. So God here in our text this morning has turned His attention from this older generation and now God is turning His attention to the younger generation in the Word of God. And friend, as you and I this morning come to our text this morning, we see that God is here this morning who is driving home the Point and the plan of these things that these children of Israel, this younger generation, of what they are to be doing when they enter the land of Canaan. Now, in the Word of God, we see the Lord as He talks about this. He talks about the offering of God. And it's here this morning that He lets the children of Israel know that He wants what He wants them to do concerning these offerings. Now, God has a way, God has a plan, and God has a purpose. God has things that you and I are to be doing. So God is here wanting this new generation of people to enter into the promised land. Not only does He want them to enter, He wants them to enjoy the promised land. Now, friend, I'm telling you this morning, if you're saved, God wants you to enjoy your salvation. He wants you to enjoy that. So here they are, they're going to the promised land. God wants them to enjoy the land just like He wants us to enjoy our salvation. But if this generation of people this morning would not obey God's Word in the Lamb, then in that land God had hit, given Him this morning, it will cause them loss of joy. you understand this morning that you're saying, if you don't do God's will in your life and try to do it the best you can, you can lose your joy. Hey, I've seen people sit on a church pew and say, Preacher, I just can't get happy. Well, you sit there like this, and I'm enjoying nothing. We're not going to be happy. Amen. It's loss of joy. 
submitting to God's way and God's will will cause you loss of joy. How oh, people this morning sat at home and used to go to church. Hey, why? Well, number one, they're forsaking the assembly of themselves together. So, man, there's some of and really they're missing the God's blessing on their life. It's causing them loss of joy because they can't, if they're truly saved and they're guilty, they feel guilty about not coming. They sit at home. Cause you lost a joy this morning. Amen. Friend, listen to me. The children of Israel needed to take heed to God and God's word. You and I that are saved this morning need to take heed to God and His holy word. If you're lost this morning, I'm telling you one thing you need to take heed to is you need to take heed to God and God's word. Boy, nobody wants to take heed anymore. Well, the preacher's preaching. He'll tell a funny joke every now and again. That's why we go. That ain't why you go. It's to hear what God wants us to do and laugh. Hey, if the children of Israel were going to live a good life for the Lord in Canaan, the very first thing they were going to have to do is they're going to have to stop worrying about pleasing self, stop worrying about pleasing the world, and start pleasing the Lord. Hey, that's the only way. What's the song say? To be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey, for there's no other way. And here's God speaking to this man of God named Moses. Listen to what the Lord's telling them to do. Bible 7 verses 1 through 4. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, When you be come into the land of your habitations, which I give unto you, and will make an offering by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, listen now, or sacrifice in performing a vow, or in a free will offering or in your solemn feast to make a sweet savior unto the Lord of the herd or the flock. Then shall he that offer this offering unto the Lord bring a meat offering of a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hen of oil. Now stay with me, you're going to get messed up. So in these verses this morning, we see that there's something that's pleasing unto God. While the children of Israel are in the land of Canaan, God said there's something that pleases me. Now, in our day and in our time, there's something that still yet pleases God. Now, get a hold of this. I'm trying to hurry. Got a lot to go. Got a lot going through my mind. But friend, here he wants the children of Israel when they enter the promised land. Is he wants the children of Israel to obey God's word first of all, and when they made a sweet smelling savior unto the Lord, that was pleasing unto God. That means this offering this morning that showed thanksgiving to Him was pleasing unto the Lord. And boy, I'm telling you this morning, we can sure be a whole lot more thankful to the Lord than we are. Amen. But it's here in the Word of God, we see that phrase, sweet Savior unto the Lord. We see this phrase a total of five times here in this paragraph in the Word of God. Make sure I'm right. You'll find that phrase in verse number three. You'll find that phrase in verse number seven. You'll find that phrase in verse number 10. Then you'll find it again in verse 13 and 14 as well. Am I right? You'll find it there. And in that, and in that very phrase this morning, that very phrase means an aroma that is pleasing unto God. You know, I come through the house the other day and my wife shuts like candles. And I smell something smell pretty good. I said, boy, that smell, that's the best smelling candle I've ever smelled. Amen. I like them sometimes too. But you know, it was an aroma. But there's something this morning that smells sweet up in heaven under our God. There's something this morning that gets his attention when you and I do what the Bible said. There's something that smells nice to God this morning. 
But friend, as you and I look at these offerings in the Word of God, you see that over in the book of Leviticus, there are five basic offerings this morning. And you would find those offerings that are attacked this morning of the offerings that you and I should be offering up to God in our day that are sweet unto Him. Listen now, if you were to go back in Leviticus, you'd find five offerings. So you would see there was a burnt offering. You would see there's a meat offering. You would see there's a peace offering. And then you'd find this morning that there was a trespass offering and a sin offering as well. Now, as you and I look at the first three offerings mentioned here this morning, you would find these three offerings were a sweet Savior unto the Lord. Now, the final two were not. The sin offering, the transgression offering. Why is that? Those offerings had to do with sin. God's never winked at sin. God's never smiled at sin. Amen. God still hates sin. So, friend, listen here. Those were not pleasing unto the Lord because those were sin offerings God hated. So the first offering the Lord mentions this morning, look with me now, verse number 3. I'm taking my time, but I'm hurrying. Verse number 3, we see what's called a burnt offering. You see that there in verse number 3. So that offering is pleasing unto our God. Now the very reason this offering is pleasing unto the Lord is because it's a type of the worshiper's complete and full devotion to the Lord this morning. Why is that, preacher? Well, listen, it's this type of offering this morning uh, that represents full devotion to Him because on that offering, you know they burn sacrifices back then, but on that, on, on, that, on that altar, they burn that whole sacrifice, that whole animal will be burned up to God. Not just half of it. All of it. Well, friend, when you and I come before God, what we need in our day and our time are some people to be holy on fire for the Lord. That sacrifice was pleasing unto God. Friend, the kind of people this morning that are halfway on fire for Him. Hey, friend, they're the kind of people I call this morning, I guess, halfway Christians. You ever had any like that? Amen. You say, now preacher, don't you start judging. I'm not. I'm just telling you the truth. Hey, it's halfway Christians, but if somebody was to come to your house, and let's say something, your house is messed up, and somebody halfway fixed that thing, would you not be mad? Amen. I'd be upset. I've been upset by it before. Somebody come to the house, halfway fix something next day, it blows apart, blows up, and well, we should have done this. Well, why didn't you do it? You think God sometimes looks down on me and you? He says, well, you're halfway in for me, but you should have done this, and you should have done that. Hey, why didn't you do it? You know what God wants? You know what's pleasing to Him this morning? God don't want half of you. God wants all of you. Every single bit. we got a lot of halfway Christians in our day who's halfway at the church on Sunday morning and halfway with their foot in the world on Monday. Amen. That's where we're living at in our day and time. Halfway Christians ain't living for God. God wants you to be that sacrifice. God wants you to be that sweet smelling aroma that He He wants you fully. Well, halfway Christians come to church half a time. But let's just have fun. Amen. Hey, you can't find them. Amen. They'll come Sunday once a month. And then law have mercy. You can't find them in another month. Hey man, hey, that church, uh, hop from church to church to church to church, hey, get settled in somewhere. So God can use you. Hey, halfway Christians, God wants us all in. You know what's wrong with the church in our day? It's a halfway church. It's lukewarm. Cold and hot. God said, I 
I'll spew you out of my mouth. Don't you think that's how he feels about a halfway Christian? God don't want us halfway in. God wants you to dig in, get settled in, and stand where God puts you. He does not want you halfway in this morning. Hey, there are a lot of halfway Christians in our day. Amen, friend. Listen to this. What God wants is, and what He wanted for the children of Israel. He wanted a people who are fully and wholly dedicated to Him. And friend, that's what He wants in our day. But the problem is, just like it was back then, and that is people have started worshiping the creation more than they've worshiped the Creator. Uh, the Creator that say, I know more than God. People in the White House thinking, I'm more the Lord. That's where we're at. They said, well, I don't have to listen to him. God don't want us halfway in and halfway out. I'll tell you what God wants. God wants you and me to make up our minds that we are going to get all the way in. You remember that one over there that got in the river over there and it was over his head? What is that, Ezekiel? And uh, I know it's a picture and time crash, but uh, he was stood in that river and he only got ankle deep. I preached that a long time ago here, the ankle deep Christian. God wants us all in. Hey, friend, listen, the same goes with the halfway church. God wants us all the way in. Hey, friend, it's time to stop giving God half of you. It's time to let go and start uh, letting God have all of you. Hey, what if God this morning had given us half his son, Jesus Christ? Now you think about it. What if he only gives us half? Oh, it wouldn't have done no good. We couldn't have been saved. I'm glad God's not a half-given God. What if Jesus Christ has said half of me ago, the other half won't? No, friend Christ said, I'll go. God said, I'll send him. And friend, he went holy for you and for me. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, if I want to eat an ice cream cone, y'all know me now. I don't want half of it. I want the whole thing. Don't you? Hey, I'm telling you this morning, God wants you all in. All in for him. This burnt offering was pleasing to God. Why? Because the Lord fully and wholly had it all. It was all burnt up to him. That's what God wants for us. Friend, I hope that God has all of you this morning. Hey, if He don't, friend, you can get all in this morning. But listen to this. Not only was the burnt offering pleasing unto God, there's a meat offering that's pleasing to Him as well. Listen, the Bible said in verse number 4, Then shall he that offered his offering unto the Lord bring a meat offering. Friend, it was this offering this morning, the Word of God, which is a type of His dedication uh, and His labor being dedicated unto God. Now, friend, what our labor ought to be this morning is when we're doing something for God, it ought to be for God and not man. You understand this morning, there's a lot of folks that are doing things in the name of Christ for themselves. There's a lot of people sitting on church pews on Sunday morning that are there for themselves and their image and not there to worship God. Hey, I'm telling you, friend, we've got to keep our flesh in check. This thing is not about you and me. It's about Him. The Bible said in John 3 and verse number 30, He must increase, but I must decrease. Hey, friend, we didn't come here to see the preacher. We didn't come here to see the deacon. We came here to see Christ high and lifted up, magnify His name. But friend, here's the children of Israel. And here they're saying, we know more than God. They're murmuring, they're complaining, they're rebelling. And that is what America has done today. We ought to be searching for Him.
Amen. You realize this morning that some people just come to church to make themselves look good. It's the right thing to do. Well, it is when it's done the right way. Amen. Friend, that's, uh, I wonder if these TV preachers worry about being dedicated to God when they're flying around in a jet. Yeah. Driving the fences, cars, and don't get me wrong. There's not, if you need a jet, I don't need you to get one. If you need a fine car, go ahead and get you one. That better not be why you're in it. Amen. Hey, we're living in a society that's doing things for the wrong reason. I'm not saying it's wrong for preachers to have that stuff, but listen, I sure hope this morning what you do for the Lord is not dedicated to stuff. Not dedicated to, well, I've got to look right. It's not what it's about. Hey, it's not about looking right. It's about being right. Amen, friend, if it is this morning, hey, if you say, preacher, I'm doing this just to look good. It's not what I'm doing here. I'm doing this because it's right. Not gonna do it. You gotta do it for him. See that see this this meat offering here had to be wholly dedicated unto the Lord. Friends, so we see the burnt offering and the meat offering. Now we see the free will offering. Listen, friend, the Bible says in verse number three, and will make an offering by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering or a sacrifice, and performing a vow or in a free will offering. Well, what's that mean this morning? That free will offering represents joyful fellowship with God. And it represents thanksgiving to God for all His many blessings in our life. Hey, what each and every one of us in our day ought to be is thankful to God this morning. Hey, He allowed us to show up and sit on a church pew. He allowed us to have a roof over our head, clothes on our back, shoes on our feet. You say, preacher, well, I may not have the best. Well, praise God, you got something. Amen. Hey, He could have left you naked, but He didn't. I'm glad, friend, this morning God's been good. Hey, do you have food to eat? Hey, do you? You got food to eat. Hey, y'all be thankful. Got a car to drive. We don't have to walk to church this morning. Some of you had to walk a pretty long way if you did. Hey, friend, a free will offering. Wow, he's the one that gave us his darling son. He's the one that puts food on our table. Gave us his son. What else do we need to be thankful for? He gave us Christ. And Christ came. But it's all because of Him this morning. We could be here. Hey, friend, if we're honest this morning, the greatest thing missing in a lot of our lives is just simply thank Him. Just thank Him. Just thank Him for what He's done. The free will offering. God has set up all these things in the Word of God. If the children of Israel this morning wanted to truly please the Lord, these are the things that they had to do, and they were all according to words God, God's Word. God set these things up here, and He said, all right, boys, if you want to have joy over there, then you're going to have to do these things to be pleasing unto me. Now, these sacrifices that are mentioned here were expressions of gratitude and love toward God. But I see something else down in verse 4 and 5. I'm going to give you this. This will bless your heart, bless mine. The Bible said this, read with me. Verses 4 through 5. Then shall he that offered his offering unto the Lord bring a meat offering of a tenth deal of flour. Get a hold of that. Mingled with the fourth part of a hen of oil. Get a hold of that. And then the fourth part of a hen of wine. Get a hold of that. For a drink offering shalt thou prepare with the burnt offering or sacrifice for one lamb. With those sacrifices, the people had to do it according to God's word. Now they were to bring some oil. They were to bring some flour 
and they were to bring some wine. Now, I'm not talking about alcoholic wine here. You don't offer that stuff up to God. Talking about wine here. Great, great juice, I reckon you'd say. But we see they were to add these things to the sacrifice. Well, why in the world do they have to do that for? Well, listen here. What they were doing is they were bringing the Lord fruits of their labor of how God had blessed them. Do you realize this morning when we give God our offering, when we take up our tithes and offering, you know what you're doing. You're giving God the fruit of His labor. Let me ask you something. If God had blessed you with a job, did you tithe? No. So we're saying, God, thank you. We're giving back to Him for what He's given us. And there's a lot of folks that say, well, the preachers just want more money. I'm telling you, I want God's blessing, God's blessing on your life. I hope no go the preacher. There's some folks think that. But I'm telling you this morning, listen at me now. God wants you to have these blessings on your life, just like He did for the children of Israel. But it's in this flower this morning. Why did they bring flower? Well, listen to this, friend. We can see a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, friend, how do you make bread? You've got to have some flour. Who's the bread of life? Christ is the bread of life. Hey, friend, it was a time man, of Jesus Christ here. So we see it's also that flower that's offered that God provides our every day. Gives us our daily bread. Does He not? Friend, it's the oil. That's the type of the Holy Ghost of God. And then there's wine poured out. Now hold on. Don't you get a hold of this. There's wine poured out with a sacrifice as well. That reminds us of the joy of the Lord. But we see something here that almost amazes me. They bring in a drink offering, Brother J.R. And they pour it out. What is that? means God wants you poured out unto Him. Holy, holy, poured out to the one who poured out His offering. You know, when you pour something in a glass into another one, it's not in that glass anymore. It's in the one you poured it into. Well, I pour ourselves into Christ. Empty us of ourselves. Ought to be our prayer. And Lord, fill us up with You. Hey, we ought to pour ourselves on the altar this morning to God and say, God, I want to get fully in. Hey, the children of Israel rebelled against God. They said, we're not going God's way. America's done the same thing. But what about you this morning? Would you get in and say, God, I want to fully and wholly pour myself out and be yours. They rebelled against God's Word. God's Word said to do all that. They rebelled, they rebelled, they rebelled. Number two, we've looked at the children of Israel and where they failed. They failed because they rebelled against God's Word. Number two, they failed this morning because they rebelled against God's, uh, the authority of God's servants. Now you get a hold of this, the Bible said, I'm not going to preach on this. They want to preach it, but listen, the Bible said verses, uh, in chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Now Kor, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohat, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. Now listen, we see them taking men. Here's what they do. And they rose up before Moses. That means they went up against the man of God with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them... And the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. They murmured against Moses and Aaron. So here's Korah, 
A man, he was a leader in the word of God of an army. And here's this man, and it didn't matter if he's a leader or not. He's about to find out what happens when you go against God's servants. Hey, America, the men of God have preached the word of God. In our, and in our time, and America has went away from them. At one time, they wanted them to bring copies of their sermons to the White House. They said, mail it in. Nobody does that. Hey, man, but listen to me this morning. They said, we don't like what you preach it. A lot of folks say, you shouldn't politic in church. So I'm telling you this morning, hey, it's a, it's a battle of wicked and, and evil and good. Hey, man, you can't help it. But friend, I'm telling you this morning, you stand up and you preach against hell. And people look at you some man and you read in the face and say, I mean, it's almost like they can kill you, Rosella, because you're preaching the truth. Hey, every church ain't like this this morning, but I'm telling you, God's men through the years, hey, friend, they stood in the gap, they preached the word, and the people rebelled. They said, I'm going to go my way. That's what uh, Corey and them boys done. Because God chose Moses and Aaron to be leaders here. But listen to this. This is what happened to these men. I want you to look at this. The Bible said, It came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words. Here in chapter 16, 31 through 33. And it came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them. The Bible said, And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their houses and all the men that appertained unto Kor and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit. And the earth closed upon them and they perished from among, a among the congregation. Well, what happened? They rebelled against God's leaders. Now I say to you this morning, America's rebelled enough. And if they're not careful, they're going to go to a place called hell if they don't get right with God. I'm not concerned. What I'm concerned about with this morning is how many people have sat on a church pew. God's men preach the word of God. And they've rebelled. Now get a hold of this. Number three. They failed. They rebelled. And it brought forth unneeded confrontation. Here's the message. Listen to me, friend. These men and the children of Israel rebelled against these two things. Now they're wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't have to do that. And it caused some of these men to slip off into hell. Because they wouldn't listen what God's men were saying. Now listen to me. The children of Israel missed out on their joy this morning. Because they rebelled against God's word this morning. Then some of them also went to hell because they rebelled. These were bad confrontations that sprung up in their lives that they didn't even need to have. Hey, I wonder this morning just how many people have died and went to hell because the man of God preach on it. They'll sit on a pew and rebel. Say, not right now, not today. Hey, they'll say, I don't need it right now. And now they're in hell and it's too late. They've lifted up their eyes there. Hey, you can only play games of God for so long. Listen, friend, I'm going to close out with this. There have been people who have rebelled like the children of Israel and it's costed them dearly this morning. Friend, listen, they wouldn't keep God first in their lives. Me and my wife tried to help, help a couple I know for a long time. And you sit there and you watch them go through so much and it breaks your heart. They'll come to us and say we won't help, we'll help them. Try our best. They still, they still rebel. 
Now the kids supposedly got saved using GD every other breath. They said, what do we do? Say, we told you what to do. And they won't listen. They rebel. They rebel. They rebel. They're shacked up living in sin. And they say, well, God's not pleased with it. What do we do? Get out of it. And they rebel. They rebel. More stuff comes up in their lives. Hey, you watch them. And it, it breaks our heart. What do we do? All we do is tell them. We love them. We're praying for them. We want to help them. They're going to church now. They're still shacked up living in sin. Preacher, what do we do? Told you. Time and time and time again. And they've got confrontation in their life because they won't listen. They, not everything will be perfect if they live for God. But it helps. It helps. Confrontation. The worst confrontation going on right now was just like these folks here in the Word of God. Korah and these men, they went straight to hell. I want you to know something about this. They were taking a life in their head. I know people, I've read stories. I'm going to share some of them with you of people that's went alive into hell. See, this soul is going to live forever in one or two places, heaven or hell. Listen, I got your attention. I want you to keep it. If you're hearing your loss, don't you think this morning it's time to stop rebelling against God? I'm just asking a question. Friend, listen, why don't you stop rebelling? Why don't you get in this morning? But listen to this. I'm going to leave you with some words from some men who rebelled against God's word themselves. And they penned in a book. Here's what they said. One man said this right when he rebelled. He said, this is hell enough. That's what he cried. The devils are dragging me down. That's what he said. In the book of dying testimonies of saved and the unsaved, there's a young man in Georgia who was constantly warned by his parents and others to turn from his wickedness. You know what he done? He rebelled. They asked him to turn from his profanity. asked him to turn from his gambling. But he wouldn't take their advice. And because of that, the, this book said he became a miserable, a miserable wreck of humanity. The book goes on to say he's taken ill one day. And during his sickness, he'd exclaim, Oh, drive these devils away with their chains. They will drag my soul down to hell before I die. And then he cries out. He said, Oh, lost sinner. Don't come to this hell. That's what he cried. This man on his deathbed also cried out. He said, This is hell enough. The devils are dragging me down. Oh, friend, I'm telling you this morning, there's a place on hell that's real. And the devil wants to drag you down there this morning if you're lost. It's a real place this morning. There's some man digging one time. And they got recordings of screams. Preacher, is that real? I believe hell's real. I believe the screams are real. And they're screaming for their life. And here's this man on his deathbed. This hell, this hell. They're dragging me down. This man that died on his deathbed, he cried out, don't come to this hell of woe, this hell, this hell. Lazarus, uh, the rich man in hell, what did he say? He said, go tell my brothers not to come to this hell. Oh, friend. Preach or preach and folks rebel. 
Don't be found crying at your deathbed. This hell, this hell, this hell. Stop rebelling against God's word. Listen, there's another man as well. He rebelled against God. This man cried out in a doctor's room. He said, oh, I've missed it at last. what he said. Also in that book, there's a story of this physician that was with this man some time ago. He called upon a young man who was ill. He sat by this man's bedside, this man who was ill. While this young man had a short time to live, he was a young man. This young man was astonished. He didn't expect that death would come so soon. This man looked up into the face of that doctor, this young man, while he was dying. And with the most despairing countenance, he repeated this expression. He said, I've missed it at last. Well, the doctor began to inquire, just what have you missed? The boy shouted again, I've missed it at last. The doctor asked him again. What have you missed? He said, Doctor, I've missed the salvation of my soul. The doctor said, Oh, say it's not so. Say it's not so. The doctor says, Do you remember the thief on the cross? He said, Yes, I remember the thief on the cross. The boy looked at the doctor and he said, But the thief didn't tell the Holy Spirit to go thy way. The boy said, I did. I told God to go his way. Friend, listen, this young boy lay there gasping a while. Then he looked up with startling eyes and here's what he said. He said, I was awakened and was anxious about my soul a little time ago, but I did not want to be saved then. Friend, uh, this young boy also goes on to say, but something told me not to put it off. How about that? But to make sure my salvation... That's what the voice said. He said, don't put it off. Make sure of your salvation. Then the boy said, I decided to put it off anyway and postpone it. Here I lay. And I've missed it. I'm telling you this morning, there's a lot of folks who rebel against God's word. And they're missing it. My prayer for you this morning is don't you miss it. Say, person, don't miss God's joy in your life. Because I want to be lifted up with pride. They went no more than Don't miss it. Lost person, don't miss heaven. Because you might postpone it another day. This boy said, I'll postpone it. I'll put it off. Put it off on one day. Now he's in hell having to cry. I missed it. I bet he's in hell this morning. I bet he's still crying, Brother JR. I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. Lord, if I could have one more chance. But I missed it. Don't put it off. Let's all stand. Every head bowed. Every eye closed this morning. Brother Shane, will you get us a song? Then we'll please.